0: In this interview I get to interview Rachel Hines and she discusses strategies for self-care she is an empath and has two businesses one of them is considered a startup and she goes into how she is disrupting the dialogue around what is a startup and how it's meant to function If you're ready to learn more listen in Hi everyone, this is Kavita, Certified Empowerment Coach and Hypnotherapist, and you are listening to the Enlightened Heart Podcast, where we explore topics that empower HSPs and empaths to go from surviving to thriving in the world. I use my years of coaching, my personal experience, and my training to provide deep insights and implementable strategies to help you thrive. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. In this episode, I will be interviewing Rachel Hines. And Rachel is a certified birth and postpartum doula who is passionate about supporting new beings entering the world and the people and communities that support them. Rachel explores womb health, hormonal balance, Ayurvedic knowledge and breast support with passion and delight and enjoys making self-care a joyous and creative process. Rachel is on a path of pursuing midwifery and has endless passion for the birthing process. She enjoys supporting others and holds deep wisdom of providing conscious care. Her most recent venture is ChiCheck, an online platform for holistic practitioners to offer their services online, clients to get the care they deserve, and to transform people's health and vitality. As co-founder of this company, she is always looking to learn how to better serve people's health needs and support holistic practitioners to thrive.
1: Welcome, Rachel. So good to have you. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be here and I'm excited for our conversation.
0: Yes, me too. So I remember when I had my two boys, I would have loved to have a doula and a midwife. So when I met you, I was super excited to share you and you're such an amazing person, share this with our audience and the community. So let's dive right in. First, do you consider yourself an empath or a highly sensitive person?
1: Yeah, I mean, definitely. Empathy has always been something that came very naturally to me and and definitely would consider myself a highly sensitive person. And that that is something that took a while to actually understand or to realize, ah, this isn't actually how everybody experiences the world, but is a unique trait and gift to me and that I share with some percent of the population.
0: Yes. So yeah, so you started to notice that maybe others didn't feel things the way you did. So tell me more about that. Tell me more about how you realized that you were a little bit different.
1: The example that always stands out to me the most is I went to a Jesuit high school, which was an incredible school, very based in service and you know, in San Francisco. So very Catholic light in many ways. But that also meant that we had a lot of assemblies on different things that were going on in the world. Um, Child labor, child soldiers, like many kind of heavy subjects, but for high schoolers, important information to explore. And I would really notice that I would have another half an hour after these movies of crying and really feeling that pain of existence while fellow classmates would really easily just kind of get up and go to their next class or their lunch, and that always stands out to me as an example where i 'm like ah okay that that's something where the impact on me was different, whether it doesn't mean I cared more or less, but the impact was very strong and this that sensitivity is really there I can definitely share a few other examples, but I think that one that one is the one that stands out most clearly
0: yeah I could see why right you have the contrast of how it took you longer to process what was happening in these movies and probably connected with it at a deeper level and noticing that the people around you, your classmates didn't have the same reaction. That's a wonderful example. Okay, so you consider yourself an
1: empath then? Yes, yeah, definitely. I think that also is something, you know, has come through. I think humans have an incredible ability to share story and to share our life stories, but it's always been something I can almost really immerse myself in that other person's experience or their emotional body and i'm sure we'll get into that later but i think that can be both challenging but also an incredible superpower that we'll continue to explore
0: yes okay so tell me about some of the challenges you face and maybe even you know as you talk about it being in your body i'd love to hear about that as well but let's start with some of the challenges that you face as an empath in the world not designed for us And maybe even as an empath who has two business ventures, as an entrepreneur.
1: Yeah, one thing with a challenge in empathy, I think what I've come to realize in life is that as being an empathetic person, right, you often feel what another is feeling. And what that has often caused me to do is, okay, I don't want to feel uncomfortable or angry or sad. And so if I think an action of mine will cause that emotional response in another, I'm probably less likely to engage in that process to avoid having to feel myself the emotions that the other person experiences. Now, part of that is a beautiful gift, you really get to learn kind of the impact things have on other people. But what that also can do at times is an act that, you know, disappointment from another is not the end of the world. Many would say those are our learning moments, or it's part of being in relationships. So something I've really had to learn is how to say, okay, This may have an impact on the other person and I can hold space for that, but I need not to be afraid of causing a a rift in their emotional body purely because I don't want to feel that impact in myself. So yeah, it's so fascinating. That one has taken me longer to kind of decode and realize, wait, why am I so scared to just say this thing? And I realize, ah, I actually don't want to feel their uncomfortability. Hmm.
0: yeah you don't want to feel that, that discomfort that they're going to feel because as an empath you can feel other people's emotions exactly yeah. and so what now that you've come to that realization and you know that's what's stopping you what has helped you move forward despite that
1: yeah that's that's a key key learning I think ultimately what has helped me a is building tools of self-care and Learning how to say, okay, this is mine and this is theirs. It doesn't mean I'm not going to feel it, but there can be one extra step of separation. Whereas before, or before really acknowledging that process, maybe much more of a merging happened where it was much harder to decipher what is the other's emotion and what's mine. So that one degree of separation has supported that. But ultimately, a bigger vision, a bigger goal of life of saying, okay, do I want to be someone that completely avoids challenge? Or am I willing to step in that fire with somebody else with love and kindness in the name of growth and evolving and most of the time deepening our relationship? Mm. Yes.
0: So the greater calling, you know, it sounds like that is more important to you then avoiding the discomfort of feeling the emotions, So separating the self-care and then the higher calling piece of it.
1: And I mean, one other, I think for me, a challenge is another thing that can be helpful is the support network, right? Like what being an empath often looks like is having big emotions or having experiences to things happening in the world or that you see that really affect you or really affect me, and having people around you who can celebrate the gift, that feeling your emotions have, proves in my life essential, that my partner can say, oh wow, I can see you're really sad about this, and it's really affecting you, how can I support you, rather than what the maybe common narrative might be, is like, why are you so upset about that, it's just a small, it's nothing you can change anyway. And so, how do we surround ourselves by people, whether they're also empaths or not, who at least celebrate and support our experience in the world?
2: Mm,
0: yes, key, right? Surrounding yourself with people that are supportive, and even though they don't may not fit into the category, are actually willing to understand you, yeah, right, and accept you. So. Can you tell me more about maybe if you were willing to share one self care strategy that works for you?
1: Yes, I love this question. I have many. I actually think of self care as a tool bag and, you know, I get to pick what's the self care thing that's going to support the most. You know, as an Ayurvedic practitioner, as an Ayurvedic coach, I, could spend my entire day doing practices of self-care and never do any work, which is great. But life is happening and it's usually not how we care for ourselves. I definitely pick from a bag. Okay. Recently, a key one for me has been walking. It's really simple, but that I'm starting my day with a walk and either taking a walk in the middle of the day or as the day is winding down, I, it's just a way for me to unwind, to process, to be in nature, to breathe fresh air. And yeah, that for me has been a key one. And it's usually paired once a day. We are fortunate to live really close to a creek. So also we jump in the cold water every day. And I mean, people can look up Wim Hof and there's lots of studies about why cold water is good for us. But I find as an empath, it's really this uh, clearing away the day and just almost shocking myself back into me or really my energetic field and my person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think when we are empaths, and you do feel so many people around you that those rituals or those moments that bring me back to me have proved, essential for my self-care and for ultimately showing up for the people that I work with.
0: Mm, Yes. So taking care of yourself. I love that example of the walks. I love taking walks as well. And being outside in nature makes a huge difference for empaths, right? Oh, the cold water. That's not something I've tried. So (laughs) you've piqued my curiosity there. So
1: yeah it can be done in a cold shower, too, which I have done in a in a pinch or when the creek is too far away, okay, yes, a cold shower,
0: okay you know that that empath part of me, the sensory part is like, oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you know I'm willing to try it, I hear how it's
1: how it's supportive, so totally. Yeah, it's definitely been a, a slow process of now my body craves it. It's like, of course I'm getting in. I know how good it feels after.
2: Uh-huh. But it
1: definitely took a long time to, there was many times of, why am I doing this? This is totally crazy. Like,
0: <laughs> yes, okay, good. I would think it was great to hear that too from you, that it didn't just come naturally. Like, yeah, sure, <laughs> really cold water.
1: Right, yeah. We're diving in.
0: Yeah, it took some time, right? To talk yourself into it and then your body craved it.
1: Exactly. Yeah,
0: great. So, and I love the idea of a of like a toolbox, right? I use that term also with my clients. I say like, you know, you create a toolbox for yourself that you can go to yeah. and pick what feels aligned, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, sounds
1: like something you do, so. Yeah, and on that toolbox theme, you know, I think oftentimes in the wellness space or in this kind of, as we move more into holistic health, sometimes self-care gets this very fluffy rhetoric to it. It's like flowers, take a bath, meditate, drink a cup of tea. Those are all incredible acts of self-care, but it often leaves out the part that sometimes like a run that you sweated really hard in or diving deep into the core of some of your anger patterns like those are also deeply caring for the self but often get sometimes left out of the conversation and and I like that those can also be elements of our toolbox
0: yes so happy that you brought that forward right this idea the narrative as they say right of self-care of like the flowers and the bath right which like you share great There's so much more to it. There's so much more to it. It could be creating nourishing meals, right? You know, it could be getting enough sleep. It could be processing your emotions and working with a professional to help you if needed, right? So amazing, amazing realizations for our listeners. And hopefully it it is... Providing them with some inspiration, of some things to try, and a different way to look at the words self care. So, tell me a little bit about your challenges that you face as midwife, doula, and co-founder of Chicha, and or
1: yes, yes, um, this is a great question, and and one that I think a lot. I'll start with um, midwifery and and doula work first. That's an area where being an empath and sensitive really plays well into the field. You can feel what's going on in the room and you can act accordingly. You can be supportive in ways people weren't even maybe fully aware their being was asking for that. So in that sense, I like to say it does turn into a bit of a superpower. Mm. What I've also noticed as it being empathetic, I think this is true for all of humans, but even more for those of us who are more highly sensitive, when I'm not fully rested, when I haven't gotten that full night of sleep, my self-regulation of my emotions is much harder to regulate. And so what that looks like as a doula is at times, you know, you are up through the night with laboring people and, and families. And those are times where I really need to just do extra work in regulation and and allowing myself to process my own emotions so that I can show up and hopefully I'm doing the good work on the back side of getting enough rest but I do see that as one of one of the biggest challenges there it can also be I think we're at a phase of birth that is very dynamic there's a lot of negotiations that are happening in the birth room whether that's between birthing person and their partner, or whether that's between the doctor and the nurse or the doctor and the client. And feeling all of those dynamics, sometimes there's a very clear action item of support. And other times you really are just sitting in the realization of like, oh, wow, all these dynamics are happening at one time. And let's let's be with them for a minute before we choose to move forward. So yeah, I think in birth, it's definitely a superpower and a challenge, but one that needs tending? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I could, you know, just thinking back to my experiences with childbirth and not having that support, I can think of instances where, you know, there was a nurse that you just knew got it, right? This was before I even knew I was HSP or empath, right? That just could sense what I needed. and you know, provided it without me having to ask. And what that, what that provides is, you can't even put into words what the type of support that provides. And that's definitely a superpower. And of course, with any superpower, there is the other side of it, right? The the, the flip side. And so being able to balance that is vital.
1: I can share a little bit of how that impacts check Yeah, sure. I'm good, unless you yeah. have a question.
0: No, I was going to ask you next about check So... There you go. You can read my mind.
1: <laughs> That's a field. Okay. So G-Check, for those of you who don't know, it's a basically a platform for holistic practitioners to offer their services online and clients to come and really get supported by a holistic care team in their health journey. So it's really fueled by a very empathetic vision of a world where more people feel supported, more people's health goals are met. We're thriving in health through, through this portal. And the vision is incredible. And as an empath, I get to work a lot with practitioners who are onboarding to the site and clients who are looking for care. But we're also in the beginning of a startup. It's a startup company. And that comes with a lot of cultural story around what running a business looks like, What being productive in the day looks like, what, you know, at times I think business can come down really to this bottom line mentality. And I want to see that change. I want to see that narrative change, especially as an empathetic person that's like, wait a second, it's, it's so much more than the bottom line this narrative of working, 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 working doesn't work for my makeup. It's just not possible. Mm -hmm. And is this really representing what I want to create? Are we living as a company what we're preaching to the world? So those are some dynamic questions in the company. And what I've seen empathy bring is a real commitment to changing the narrative around Business around startups, around sharing wealth, all of these things, because there's really no other way. There's no other way that initially feels integrous to me, but also that works in alignment with my heart, that feels the practitioner, that feels the cultural narrative, et cetera, et cetera. So that has been interesting to navigate where previously my work is mostly working one on one
2: which is mm-hmm. great
1: and this is much bigger it's working with systems it's working with cultural narratives and and that's a different form of empathy that gets embedded in in our structures i think
2: mhm
0: yes i love love that that you are working on this idea of what it means to be in a startup and what it has to be the, the idea of that hustle right, right comes to mind I know you didn't use that word, but that's the word that came to me when you were talking and this whole idea that we have to work hard and play hard and
1: that doesn't really work. (laughs) No, (laughs) I think for most people, but especially for, you know, I think people who are not HSP have much more ability to like fool themselves for a while in that system. They're like, okay, it doesn't work for me in the long run, but it's working for now. Mm-hmm. where I think for highly sensitive people, it just that point of realizing this doesn't work and it's not going to work is much sooner.
2: Mm, and yes. in that way,
1: I think we have the gift and the privilege of really pushing forward structures that ultimately benefit the collective more. And, in the long run, but and maybe initially feel crazy or initially feel idealistic, but we we really do get to say, "Hey, actually, there's another way, and I feel it, I know it, I know there's another way. Here's what it could look like
0: yeah, so so shifting the narrative, showing the different way, having that different perspective right that that I think that's so valuable to bring, and it takes a lot of courage,
2: yeah
0: right? going back to what you shared in the beginning, right? When you express yourself, and it's something people don't want to hear, it can bring up difficult emotions, right?
1: Yeah. Full yeah. circle.
0: Whole yeah. Whole circle. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm so excited to see what, what happens with the Cheat Check and your business. And I have actually... Wanting to know and this question keeps coming to me intuitively, although it may feel out of order, but I really sense when my intuitive hits come that I follow them. Yep. What brought you here? What made you decide to pursue this, these things, let's say, these businesses?
1: That's a great question. A very complex answer, but I'm sure whenever I say that I know there's a simpler answer. And both really stem from, hmm, there's a better way to do it. There's, there's a way that really cares for the person that we've, at least on a, in the US, on a broad stream, have lost touch with. So birth is this incredible initiative process that isn't always held that way. You know, hopefully people get support from their families, from doulas, from anybody, but It can become a sterile process, which isn't to say we do need medicine, we need, I want people always to have access to whatever medical care that they need. But in that bringing back the ability to say, wow, you just went through an entire initiation. Can we honor that and really care for you as a whole being? And I really think the way that we birth and and honor that process is going to deeply affect the healing of the planet actually and help people be more connected to their bodies be more connected to their their power and in that create systems in the world that support those those thriving qualities in in people mm-hmm. and that's a very similar thing to what chi is it's it's okay Chronic conditions are one of the leading causes of death in the US. 70, I think 87% of deaths are caused by chronic conditions that ultimately are are able to be addressed by lifestyle changes. But that doesn't always make money in our medical system or they don't show up. The medical system is very, very good at acute issues. These issues that are, you know, you broke your leg, you have this, you have acute thing going on right now in this moment. Mm -hmm. But where it doesn't thrive as much is like, how do you actually help a being be healthy up until that point or prevent illness? I think we're moving in that direction, but it really needs more oomph to it. Mm -hmm. And that's really what chi is about. Like, let's fill that gap and help people live in the now thriving, healthy lives so that they're not living for 20 years with a chronic condition that they could have addressed 10 years ago.
0: Yes, yes, the prevention. I'm hoping that in my lifetime, I see the collaboration, which I've seen some of right between what is called traditional medicine, and holistic or alternative medicine, because we really can work together, right? And if we have to, we have to. And, and the impact on people and he- the health and the healthcare system would be, if, if that could happen, I just, you know, I get chills thinking about the positive impact on people.
1: Aviva Ram is doing incredible work in that way. She was a midwife herbalist for 20 years. Okay. And then went to Yale to get her MD in family medicine. And so she is doing incredible work really merging these worlds, merging the science and the deep herbal initiative wisdom. And I really just call on more more people like that, more examples like that, because more and more sectors of our society are becoming polarized, almost to a point where we're not hearing each other.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And the more I think we can see the common ground, the better. And I think empaths actually have I feel a positive role in that ability yeah. to hear each side and really come come to that middle ground
0: yeah I mean that is why I, I've been saying recently that empaths we we are more needed in the world much needed in the world than yeah. ever before right We have the ability to sense both sides and see and see the the emotions and feel the emotions and even we are visionaries and can see the possibilities. There tends to be that deep thinker, deep feeler. And so, I'm, just, you know, we need more. We need more people like you, Rachel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to come out. I know they're there. I know they're out there, mm-hmm. which is why I'm doing this podcast,
1: right? I'm hoping to inspire more of us to come out and do our work. Yes. So. Yes. Thank you so much for doing this.
2: Also because I
1: think many people are coping. Their empaths Mm -hmm. are highly sensitive, but they're not, yeah, exactly what you're saying. They're almost hiding or they're somehow coping in the world. But there's a way that we can, as a collective, celebrate what what their unique gifts are and create structures that really work for their thriving also. Mm -hmm. Yes,
0: yes. And so, you know, the tips you've shared, the self-care, your story, why you do the work you do, all amazing things. So um, I do like to end the interview with a resource reveal. Now you've already shared one, but you know, which we can add and we'll have in the show notes, but I'd love for you to share. Sounds like you might have more than one resources that can help support HSPs and empaths.
1: Yes, I love this part of your show. I do have two. The first is a book. It's called Inner Bonding. The author's actually, I think it's Margaret Paul, if I'm hope I'm getting that right. Inner Bonding: Becoming a Loving Adult to Your Inner Child. And I find, I mean, of course, this could be good for anyone, but specifically for empaths, really getting clear on what's my inner dialogue with that kind of childlike part of myself or the child from our past inside of me. And it just provides wonderful tools on how to really nurture that relationship between our adult selves and child selves. And if you think of the child self as the more emotionally in tune, playful, kind of full of life in many ways, the, the gifts that empaths have. Mm-hmm. So that's a great resource. And the second one is Esther Perel. She is a therapist. She works with couples in New York City. She has a podcast called Where Should We Begin? Hmm. But she also has a lot of resources on her website and an incredible TED Talk. I think she what she does so beautifully is bring in just the inherent emotions of life and relationship dynamics of life and how to really engage with them, which I have found fascinating, has deeply benefited my partnership and all my relationships. Mm. And I would love that listeners get to know both of those resources.
0: Yay. Thank you so much for sharing, Rachel. And there will be links in the show notes for those of you that want to explore those options. Yes. And now, Rachel, tell the listeners how they could find you.
1: Wonderful. So, my website, my personal website, it's rachelchines, that's h i n d s.com. And that's where you'll find my doula support, my Ayurveda coaching, and a few other offerings on that website. If you're interested in the work we're doing with ChiCheck, that's a different website. It's called www chicheck.co so c h i check and you can you can get a sense of what we're offering my email should be listed it's also on both of those sites if you go to them and i would love to connect with your listeners in any way that i can be supportive to them
0: Awesome. Thank you. Yes. And I will have all the links and your email address in the show notes so people can get in touch with you. If they're interested in trying Cheat Check, I'm sure that they could go to the website.
1: And please do put in that you've come from this podcast and we'll give you a nice discount for whatever if you are buying anything. Awesome.
0: Yay. Thank you so much, Rachel. This was so interesting. So much insight and gems of wisdom. And I know that I will process and have so much that'll that I'll remember and say, "Oh, this was really great." After, as all of us do, as HSPs <laughs> and <it has>. yes. <laughs> yes, so good. All right, will you take good care? Yes, thank you so much. Thank you for joining us for the Enlightened Heart Podcast, where we focus on issues that are relevant to support highly sensitive people and empaths to thrive in this world instead of just surviving. I created this podcast to support people like you and me. So if you are called, please take a moment to write a review because you are truly appreciated as a listener and I would love to be able to share this knowledge with others. Your review is like an invitation for others to join you. Until next time. Take good care. Bye.